It's 5 o'clock in pirate country, and it's time to get pumped up with the P-Man. <laughs> hit the door and hit the road. 94.3 The Game is going to get you home, and the P-Man's not holding back. Yes! Yes! Pirates win! Pirates win! Bring on the Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Holy mackerel! Oh my goodness! The flagship station of the ECU Pirates. <laughs> All right, uh, welcome in, everybody, on this Thursday Patrick Johnson Show. Our final go-around this week at uh, 5 o'clock. We'll be on the air tomorrow at 6 for uh, the Patrick Johnson Show. But uh, looking forward to that. We're going to have Terrence Copper on the uh, show with us tomorrow. So uh, T-Cop will be in the hizzle. Dom, are you producing that show tomorrow? Dom Kosolke, ladies and gentlemen. Hello, everybody. No, I will not be producing that show. I believe that'll be Philip. I'll be in for high school football right after. Okay. I mean, because we're going to do it in the morning. You know, we do it in the morning on Fridays. Oh, and we do okay. For, for the video audience, yes. I understand yes. that. I haven't got talked to about that much. I do have class right after Talk of the Town, so we'll see ah. about that. That's really the only reason I wouldn't be able to do that. Philip the Ref Pilkington's going to have to step up tomorrow, it looks like. Or Busimi's going to have to put on something other than the Oshkosh bagashes that he wears, and uh, do a little do a little stuff himself there. Hey, uh, big hello to uh, the great one and only Big Hen, Henry Hinton, who is celebrating a birthday today, the Big 7-0. There was cake in the studios, Dom. Did you get any of the cake? I probably got way too much. My stomach's actually hurting right now. I got. Oh, really? You had good. a bunch of cake? Yeah, they okay. even want me to take the rest of it home. I might be taking half a cake home. Are you serious? Half a cake? Yeah, there's a, a lot left, and they just said they're not going to have it. So Jana just told me, why not take it home? Do you do you have roommates, Tom? Yep. In this I got, place, you were you were homeless for part of the summer, but you have a home now. Do you have roommates? I have two roommates. Both of my friends from Wilmington transferred over here, so now I got got some friends to live with. I'm really excited. You got some buds? Okay. Now, see, would, do they like cake? I'm sure they would. I think you three growing boys could put some cake down, right? Yeah, I was planning on doing that and you know surprising them. Maybe they can surprise me with something at some point. But you know, right now for me, I'm giving them a little surprise, some cake. Oh, there you go. Well, then I think you take the cake with you. Just don't leave it in the car because it'll melt today. It's another scorching awful, uh, just terrible day it's africa hot out there I, I was walking earlier dom you know a little exercise and i just I, after about 20 minutes i said "Ooh, i'm gonna have to pack this in i believe Headed you back man. Walk, it was rough walking to class i'm back is totally sweaty with my backpack on i'm sitting in class for two hours with a sweaty shirt ah that's not a good look that isn't a good look dom it's not a good look uh doing that everyone else right. is doing the same thing oh okay all right well who are you trying to impress right who are you trying to impress? Um, Dom Kosolke is going to have a 94-3 The Game sports update and pirate report for you a little bit later on in the hour. We've got a, a huge episode today. Uh, it's Thursday, so that means Jim Zoki will be visiting us uh, from the Panthers radio network and also the uh, East Carolina sports network. Jim will be on the call of ECU Marshall at 4 on Saturday from Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. And uh, he uh, will be on the Panthers broadcast in Atlanta the next day as the uh, Panthers open the season down in uh, Mercedes-Benz Stadium. Always Anonymous text line says Swamp Ass. That is a good point. 
I didn't get that there today, but uh, there's another always anonymous text line. You exercising? What the heck? Yeah, I mean, you got to move. If you move a little bit, or some, or move, then you'll be able to hopefully move later in life. Got to move. Can't be sedentary. Got to move. Got to move. Um, are you aware of swamp ass dumb? By the way, very very familiar aware. with this phenomenon. Okay. Well, apparently Dom has it. Uh, always anonymous texter who sent that in. All right. Um, we uh, are also going to have Reedy Angolia from ESPN College Football. He's an analyst there, played at UMass and in the pros with the Bills. Reedy's been uh, with ESPN now for a good number of years uh, doing uh, ESPN College Football, and he'll be uh, on the assignment for this week, ESPNU, when ECU hosts Marshall. So we're going to talk to him coming up in just a little bit as well. That'll probably be our second half hour. I think we're going to get Zoke next segment. So that's the uh, layout for today. Don't forget tomorrow, 5 o'clock, it'll be the Logan Zone right here with Coach Logan. He'll be in the studio live, and uh, we will have the Patrick Johnson show for you on the radio side at 6 o'clock tomorrow. Terrence Copper will be our guest. We will go at uh, 10 a.m. tomorrow for the video audience uh, on uh, X Twitter, whatever the hell it's called now, Facebook and YouTube. So uh, do make note of that. All right. Let us uh, go and jump two feet in while we have some time before we get Zoke on with our pirate report. And now Patrick Johnson with today's pirate report on the flagship station of the ECU Pirates, 94.3 The Game. All right. Uh, Let's see here. Uh, Coach Houston speaking to the media yesterday and uh, talked about balancing the heat and the prep. It is a balance. It's a struggle right now. You know, it's uh, we went about as short as you can go the last two days and still get in what you got to get in, but it's it's tough. It's a, it's a huge challenge right now. Saturday. Both teams are going to play in the same weather. We just got to, we got to get recharged. That's why I told them I got to be doing a great job with their nutrition and their hydration, their sleep right now. Got to get our bodies refueled for Saturday. That's the big part of it. Got to make sure you're hydrated and you're eating right and getting plenty of rest, even in uh, these hot, hot conditions like this. Uh, more from Coach Houston on Marshall's defensive line. I think their defensive front's very good. Uh, you know, those four guys, they can all four rush the passer. Uh, linebackers are very active. Um, so it's, it's going to be a challenge on Saturday. More from Coach Houston on preparing for an up-tempo offense that uh, the Thundering Herd like to run. We're preparing for that. Um, offense did a good job with, you know, doing a little tempo drill at the beginning of practice to help our defense. We've been trying to get the scouts to operate as fast as they can. So uh, our kids are working to get, uh, to get prepared for, uh, you know, for the tempo on Saturday. And uh, Donnie Kay on not giving up any sacks this past Saturday. I know that Mason and Alex's mothers were very pleased that uh, they didn't have to do any medical treatment with that. I mean, they might have been a little concerned going into the game. Uh, yeah, we know you're right. You find something to build on, and there were things. I mean, it, it probably doesn't look that way to the average person because uh, there wasn't a lot of results, but obviously it's a process. On the process of developing the team, more from uh, offensive coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick. Coach Houston and our whole philosophy, you know, I don't know if he ever talked to the team 
about winning the game. Not that we weren't trying to win the game, because we were absolutely trying to win the game, but it was, it's just more about the process. It's very much the Belichick, uh, the Nick Saban. You know, they've won a few, you know what I'm saying? A couple championships there. He's won a few, you know, as well. So it's more about the process. I mean, you know, you, we, we talk a lot about, hey, let's have a good meeting today. You know, what does that mean? Pay attention, take good notes, ask some good questions, watch the tape, let's learn something. You know what I'm saying? Let's correct something and don't make the same mistake again. Uh, more from Donnie Kirkpatrick, who uh, says that the Pirates should have been winning after the first quarter at Michigan. We had some, th- some stuff in the first quarter. I don't know that we could have beat them. For, I'm not going to go make that statement, you know, and get them all riled up or whatever. But in the first quarter, we should have been winning the game. You know what I'm saying? We got the ball. We had the right play on the first play, and, and we, didn't, we didn't throw the pass. It was a pass, and we ran it. Okay? That's probably not a good idea. All right. Uh, let's go to the quarterback uh situation and uh dom just make a note we'll probably get to the blake harrell cuts tomorrow and uh add in there we need to get some marshall cuts queued up also so make a note for pilkington will you do that yes for sure okay very good thank you dom the correct answer all right donnie kirkpatrick on uh needing both guys at quarterback we talk every day and we kind of go back and forth, I guess, a little bit. But what I've, I've said time and time is right now, I think we need both guys. I think we need both guys. And he talks about the drop passes in the game. Our best players dropped the balls. But then everybody except Justin Hardy, I think, did that. You know what I'm saying? I don't know if Hardy ever dropped one. You know, I really don't know. But everybody else I've ever had has dropped at least one. So, you know, jokingly said, hey, yeah, you, you spent your one in the first game. Now you got to go. But we did. We had we had two balls dropped that would have been put us in scoring position. And so those were disappointing. Uh, you know, was proud of the throw. That that was kind of the typewriter effect that we, we suffered from. When we protected well and he threw it well, we dropped a couple. You know, when when we didn't protect well, the guy was wide open. Now, you don't you assume he would have called it because that's the way we are. You know, he was ready to throw it. He'd made the right read. He was stepping that way. So, football is putting it all together. All right. Uh, more from Donnie K here before we go to break. He uh, says he's blaming himself for Mason Garcia's start. I just blame myself in that I, I must have I must have emphasized don't try to win the game yourself you know when you're going into that kind of environment first game uh you know let's just let's don't beat ourselves you know they they remember what you say last i think they remember what you emphasize a little bit and he did and i don't want to sit here and talk about him so much but early I was. I thought it would relax him if we let him throw it down the field because that's what he does really well. So the first play, he should have chunked one 40 yards down the field. And I, he was trying to just, I don't want to mess up a little bit, I think, too much. And uh, the reason that we made the change was just for that reason, to say, hey, we're not putting you out there just to stand there and hand it off. You know, there are some RPO opportunities here that you're really, really good at. I, I thought we had the game plan set to fit what he did well. When he came back, then I thought he did that. I thought he was more relaxed and he was kind of like, well, hell, they've already taken me out once. So, you know, once you've gotten that first scolding or whatever, you've gone through that, you're better at it the next time. Yeah, I think that was a good sign to see. 
Uh, Mason looked a lot more comfortable second half. This is Donnie Kirkpatrick on how they know which quarterback should be on the field. It could be about who's completing passes. It could be about who's making runs. But it's really probably more about who's moving the chains, who's moving the ball, who's scoring some points. And so it's like any other sport you, you do. You figure out who's hot. Sometimes it's just the feel. You know what I'm saying? After so many years, you just can see it in their eyes. You can just kind of tell by their attitude, you know, where they're at. And you get that feeling for this guy's, you know, he, he's feeling it. Let's get him the ball. All right, that'll do it for today's Pirate Report. Let's go now to uh, a break. When we uh, come back, Jim Zoki, he'll be on the air beginning at 3 o'clock, coming up on uh, Saturday on this station and also 107.9 WNCT for the East Carolina Sports Network. They will have coverage with the pregame leading you in to the kick at 4.02 between East Carolina and Marshall. We're taking a timeout, and we're coming back with Zoke on the Pirates and Panthers. Oh, my. You ready for this? Oh, I'm very ready. Okay, ready? You ready? Streaming to the world at 943thegame.com. This is the Patrick Johnson Show. Now in all his glory, here's the P-Man. Okay, uh, coming up on Saturday, coverage begins with our Pirate Game Day Countdown. Live from uh, outside the Town Bank Tower looks, uh, we might be in the Pirate Club section under the stadium. It's just going to depend on the weather. It's going to be, it could be a little dicey with the rain. So we'll see, Uh, but we'll be there live on the ground, as it were. Myself, Terrence Copper, uh, Joe Sampson, Stephen Igo, and uh, company. We will uh, be bringing you ECU and Marshall coverage in the pregame of that. Got great guests stopping by. And uh, we got a great guest right now. Every Thursday, we talk with uh, Jim Zoki. And uh, the added bonus this year is we're talking to Zoke about the Pirates as well, which is a good thing. Uh, Zoke, how you doing? I'm doing well, Patrick. How are you? Doing great. Nice to talk to you again. And uh, thanks for hopping on with us here this afternoon. Uh, Zoke, uh, the news that just kind of broke, uh, and I know you follow some of this for some other work you do, but uh, Tez Walker... Uh, denied by the NCAA, so he'll have to miss the entire year. Mac Brown uh, went scorched earth on the uh, NC2A uh, with a statement. So, you know, it, it, we have guys that are playing several years now. Some are playing seventh year of, of college football and different schools. I mean, you, I guess you kind of feel for this kid, don't you? Well, you do because they've been asking for a long time, first of all. They've been asking for months about you know the appeals process and as you're reporting it, it's just happening here on Thursday after they already played their first game. So I, I don't right. understand the timing of why they couldn't gotten this done, you know, prior to the the season kicking off. And now you're into the regular season, getting ready for week two, and you get this news on Thursday. And you know, Bubba Cunningham also chiming in and talking about you know all the many times they tried to get this advanced down the road, and with these these ridiculous rules that are in place, like you said, of you know kids are there for a long time and transfer eligibility and all this stuff. I mean, it's just, it's pure craziness. Yeah. Uh, more on this, I'm sure. And, uh, it's, uh, it's got the dander up of some of the North Carolina sports. <laughs> Boy, there's some, there's some fired up people now, uh, that, uh, that are, uh, reporting on these, uh, teams for, I've never yeah. quite, well, I, yeah, it's, it's kind of funny. Anyway, another story. For another time. Uh, Jim Zoki with us uh, here. All right, Zoke, uh, Pirates up at Michigan. 
and uh, seemed like a, a lot of missed opportunities. You know, don't know if that would have made a difference in the outcome. It might have made a, you know, the Pirates might have hung in there a little more. But uh, I think it was a young team that, especially early on, had some stage fright. Yeah, I think so. I think, um, you know, I think you're right, first of all, that, you know, it could have been a closer game. I, I don't think that, that's a game they were close to winning. And, you know, we know that Michigan basically sat their starters in the in the fourth quarter. But there were, you know, times in there where ECU absolutely dropped passes, you know, untimely penalties, self-inflicted wounds. You know, obviously, the, you look at that 37-yard run by Corum, and just say, we always saw everyone do their 111, just takes one, you know, missed assignment. And something that's a couple yard play or less uh, becomes a big play. And so, you know, I think in some ways, big plays like that look worse than what they were as far as a team. It, it was just a missed play here and there. And I think, you know, you do that though. You play against that opponent with that personnel the first week. You know, now you move into the rest of your schedule, and you can certainly learn from that. And uh, and you're never going to face personnel like that again uh, the rest of the year. They they very well may win a national championship. Obviously, they've been in the final four the last two years. Uh, but there were some good things. I think the defensive line, that goal line stand they made with the starters out there on Michigan side. Uh, there were some other good moments, I thought, on, on defense out there, too. Obviously, overall, the whole rushing defense for the day to hold them under four yards per carry is ridiculous, uh, considering how good they are at running. But they make you pay for it on the pass side. And then what you were talking about at the beginning with the quarterback play there. But uh, the nice thing was Alex Flynn came in, was solid. And then when Mason came back in, looked much improved and the way they wanted him to look at the beginning of the game. So, you know, the, the NFL, we get three preseason games with the Panthers. These guys get a spring game and they get practices and all that. So you never know until you get out there in a live game to see what it, exactly it's going to look like. Jim Zoki, who's the uh, voice of the Pirates this year in football on radio, also with the Panthers radio network uh, joining us. Uh, he'll be in town for the uh, Pirates and Thundering Herd who will uh, match up on Saturday for the ECU home opener. Jim, have you been to Dowdy Ficklin to do a game or just as a fan at any point? I you know you've been here forever. So have you ever made it down east for a game? I, I can't forget if you forget if you said this or not. No, I've not been to a game before. So I my first Pirates game was the one in Ann Arbor. And my second Pirates game will be my first one at Dowdy Ficklin. So I'm excited to see just all the traditions and the, the you know the pirate walk and the purple haze and all the things that happen. So I think it's going to be fun. So yeah, I'm kind of uh, I'm learning every every week more and more. I find more and more barbecue places. I find more and more uh -huh. cool traditions of what's going on out there in Greenville. So yeah, I'm excited about you know getting this first uh, this home game and this first Dowdy Ficklin experience. Yeah, absolutely, and uh, I think it'll be fun. You'll work with Kevin Monroe, Macy O'Donnell, David Horn, uh, Philip the Ref Pilkington. In the uh, studios anchoring the scoreboard desk, so uh, it's a cast of thousands. Dom, who's producing today, will be producing from the studios. So a lot uh, going on, a lot of moving parts with uh, the East Carolina Sports Network. All right, Zoak, uh, you've talked with uh, some of the players. You've talked with uh, uh, some of the coaches this week uh, from the Pirate side of things. What is their feel going into uh, Saturday? Yeah, I just talked with uh, Blake Harrell and uh, Donnie Kirkpatrick and, of course, Coach Mike Houston about – I don't know, two and a half hours ago or so. And, uh, yeah, I think, you know, obviously they're, they're on the Marshall. We've been talking about Michigan all this week. And, uh, they're, you know, there are things that they're, they're going to learn from all this stuff. And, uh, you know, they, they, they know where the areas are that they, they want to be able to improve this week. And a lot of it's just self scouting. And it's another great running back coming in, as we know. So you saw the two great ones last week, obviously with uh, both Edwards and Corum last week. And, uh, folks remember Rasheen Ali from two years ago. 
in what turned out to be a terrific win at the very end uh, for ECU to get that 42-38 victory. So I think um, that's the that's the key as far as what the defense is facing offensively is how to slow down Rasheen Ali, who I think will be playing on Sundays in the NFL next year. I mean, he's just a terrific player. Um, probably their quarterback, Cam Fancher, presents a dual threat as far as what he can do running and yeah. throwing, but not to the extent that J.J. McCarthy was at all. Much more probably of a risk for the defense as far as the running part. I think probably more short passing is what they're going to expect. Ball comes out quickly, that kind of thing. And then for obviously for ECU, um, you know, the fact that now we know for sure um, that you're down a couple of receivers this week. Um, it's going to be, you know, get the ball into the hands of your playmakers. I think more Javius Bond will happen this week. Uh, I think we'll probably see, you know, a bigger day from Shane Calhoun at the tight end position. Najari Patterson and Jalen Johnson are kind of your explosive receiver playmaker guys. So I think, you know, this week is, is more about that. Of course, you know, Rajay leading that running back room. But I think, you know, they're excited to get, you know, more of Javius Bondi at seven touches last week. I think they'd love to see that be up quite a bit this week. We talked about the defense, or you brought it up, Jim. Uh, who impressed you on Saturday? Well, I think, again, when you look at what happened up front there, but also, um, you know, Mike Edwards had a great game at linebacker, and they're excited about what B.J. Davis can do in this role. You know, he had those 12 interceptions at South Carolina State. So I think in this game with the quick passing and so forth, I think, you know, B.J. Davis may play a big role in this one as well. Uh, obviously, Julius Wood is one of your, your best players on defense as far as the secondary goes, but he has some hits and misses as far as his play last week to answer your question about you know how it went last week overall. But I think you know it's great to get Jack Powers back after they yeah. incorrectly called the targeting call, so it gives you some depth behind Jeremy Lewis, who's obviously very terrific as well. And I'll be interested to watch, too, the one corner spot with IBM and Tymere Brown um, to see like how that keeps hashing out. It's still the same order, um, but I think it'll be interesting to see those two kind of share a lot of reps uh, at that corner position moving forward to see where they go. I know they were big on uh, what Taylor Jackson did this past week. His name came up quite a bit. I mean, for a guy who just made his first start in the bowl game last year, smart kid, knows everybody's job on defense. And, you know, one of those guys that's been here has earned that position as a starter. So I thought at the Mike position, uh, they were really happy with what they got out of Taylor Jackson. You know, I thought from a physicality standpoint, uh, Zoke, especially on defense, the Pirates matched up pretty well last Saturday, and I think they're going to have to again this week. Yeah, I didn't think they got shoved around. I mean, you never know in a game like that what it's going to look like. It, you know, They loaded the box and, again, did a really good job in stopping the run because you have to do that first. Otherwise, if you just lay back and try to fend off the pass, they're going to gouge you for seven, eight, ten yards per carry down there. Yeah, so you can talk about the physicality down in the trenches. You know, Back to Deontay Johnson, Elijah Morris in the middle of that defensive line. You know, a lot of credit to them and what they were able to do in there. And Sarad Ware has gotten a lot of good reviews about the way he played last week, too. So I think the interior of the defense did a good job as far as the physicality on the defensive side of it goes. I thought offensively, too, another guy has been talked about a lot by the coaching staff, and you've heard it uh, with your show on Monday, Dustin Hall. I mean, for a guy yep. who's played a game here, I mean, he's. I asked, uh, I asked the coach today after we got done with the interview, said, who are your leaders? And on defense, he had this long list. And in offense, it's Rajay Harris and some others, whoever your quarterback is. But a name that popped up right away, Dustin Hall, who just got here. So that says volumes about, you know, just the way he plays and the way he's regarded on that offensive line. All right, let's uh, hit some Panthers. Of course, uh, not only will you hear Zoke uh, on this station at 107.9 WNCT on Saturday, but you'll hear him on Sunday on our sister station, Talk 1037 WTIB. will be part of the Panthers radio network uh, broadcast. This is the first double dip for you, Zoke, 
it was easy last week. Just, just, just zip up to the big house, zip on back, hop in the car. It was easy. This week, though, you, we, we begin the logistics and all of that, don't we? And just to clarify by easy, it was a four-hour drive to Greenville, a flight to Ann Arbor, flight back to Ann Arbor, four-hour drive back to Charlotte. But, yes, that was, yeah. you're right. By compar- easy by comparison, peasy. This is probably actually my most difficult one of all because of the later kickoff, being a 4 o'clock kickoff. There are flights right. that leave out of Raleigh early in the morning the next day where I could fly to Atlanta. I don't trust it. I don't. I won't sleep if I know i got to be at the airport like at 3, if they're going to board that plane at like 4.15. So I'm going to drive, and you know, you probably have done that at some point in your life, that drive or something close to it. That drive is going to happen after the game down to Atlanta and uh, and get in in the middle of the night there. And then, um, yeah, we'll do the game in Atlanta and come back. But the good thing for you guys and the ECU listeners is you're always on the front end. You always get full energy. There's no energy <laughs> drink needed. It's, it's, I'll, be, I'll be sleeping as late as I can on Saturday morning, yeah. so I'm going to be hopping off the walls. You know, Sunday is going to take you know, the third cup of coffee or so, get through the pregame, get through the ball game, color commentary and all that stuff. But uh, uh, just know ECU is always on the front end of that, always my attention focused on that first. Yeah, there you go. Is that door purple yet? No, I'm kidding. All right, here's a um, couple, couple things <laughs> I thought I you were coming you. by. <laughs> I thought you were dropping by Lowe's and you were going to come do this for me. But then I don't trust you because you have that coral door still. Yeah, well, that look, that's and, and you know what I was told the other day, we we need to get it touched up this winter. All right, um wide, wide receiver DJ cuz you know they don't, if, if we can't spend money, Jim, it's not uh it, there's just no fun being had. All right. Wide receiver DJ Chark and uh Deshaun Williams didn't participate in practice yesterday. What's their status for Atlanta? DJ Chark did not practice today, so that's uh that's looking dicey. I would say, yo, hamstrings are always a little more uh, trepidation about those because they can seem okay and then they, they can be re-injured, so you always tend to give it a little bit more time. So I don't uh, doesn't look good, I'll put it that way, as far as DJ Chark goes. Adam Thielen didn't practice today. He practiced uh-huh. limited yesterday with an ankle, but I view that more as let's get him completely healthy and ready to play on Sunday. So I didn't think that was like a downgrading as much as like what's the, he doesn't need. He's been in the league 10 years. He's okay. Uh, Deshaun yeah. Williams, I, I think, uh, should be okay as well. So I think we're Pretty pretty healthy coming in. So, yeah, a little bit thin at receiver. Terrace Marshall's a bit of a yeah. question mark. He's been limited all week with the back thing that's been going on since Spartanburg, honestly, with him. Um, so, big day, I would think, for Adam Thielen. You know, this year, you know, obviously a lot of focus on Hayden Hurst at a tight end position, catching the ball. Um, so, it'll be, you know, not just the receivers, but, you know, I think Miles Sanders out of the backfield catching the ball. So, I think they're going to have some other options this year beyond just the receiver set. Hey, so give me an idea of where this Brian Burns thing might be heading. I think he's fine because he's, again, today, as you mentioned, fully participated in practice after sitting out on Monday and Thursday. But once it got to the you know the main days when you practice heading into an NFL game on Sunday, he was out there. And he was in the facility all those other days, by the way, too. Uh, and then we all saw the Nick Bosa contract thing happen yesterday. So I think it'll happen. You know, he's, you know Bosa's is obviously huge, $34 million per year. Burns is making $16 million a year, so I would think he'll end up somewhere uh, maybe in the mid-20s, and that's the range of, you know, the guys like Khalil Mack. Um, you start bumping into Miles Garrett range because his contract's a little bit older. Obviously, he's worth more than that probably in today's economy at $25 right. million per year. But I would think somewhere they're probably talking somewhere like low to mid-20s. Uh, I'm sure he's wanting at least mid, if not high 20s. Like he probably would, I'm guessing guess he's asking for like 28 they probably want to offer 22 to end up somewhere around 25 is my guess. 
Yeah, I got you. Well, we'll see. Uh, how do you? Uh, how, what's your anticipation for Bryce Young's true debut? I think he'll play the um, the full offense. I'm sure they've not revealed the entire you know what it's going to look like all year offense to him. But the, the part they've got, I think it'll look a little bit like what they did in that third preseason game. I don't think they're going to hold back as far as uh, not throwing the ball. So I think I, I would anticipate, especially at first, by a lot of quick passes. He is so quick at processing the ball comes out of his hand so quickly that. I would expect that, but I think, you know, probably I'm, I'm going to guess like corner routes and out routes, and out routes uh, as far as you save things. If he misses, it's out of bounds. They did that a lot in the preseason. Um, and then, you know, some safer slants where he throws it, you know, low from the waist down so it's not going to be intercepted. And then I would think, you know, with his feet, you know, it's regular season time now, so if, he, if he's smart as how he does it, if he needs to get out of the pocket and run or, you know, everyone's covered downfield, you know, he's smart in the way that he sees and, and won't take a big hit, I don't think so. He'll run it a bit there, but he's got a great running back in in Dion and um, Miles Sanders coming over from Philadelphia. He's twelve hundred yards, Pro Bowl guy last year. So I think they're going to run the ball, and they will throw to the tight end. So that's always been a Frank Reich staple in any offense. So I would expect to at least Hayden Hurst, if not some Ian Thomas, Tommy Trumbull involvement in, in the passing game. Great job, Zoak. Uh, always good to talk to you. We'll talk to you next uh, Thursday, and uh, hopefully see you for a moment or two uh, on. Uh, on Saturday here in Greenville. We'll come find you. We'll see you Saturday. All right. Thank you, buddy. Appreciate yes, it. There he goes. Jim Zoki, our guy, uh, ECU play-by-play man, and uh, also uh, with the Panthers radio network. Great to catch up with Zoke. All right. Uh, here is Dom Kasolki with a 94-3 The Game sports update and pirate report. And then Rini Angolia from ESPN, who will be uh, in the booth for the U on Saturday in Greenville, will join us. We'll get his perspective on Marshall, East Carolina. But right now, here's Dom. I'm Dom Kosolke with your 94.3 The Game sports update and pirate report. ECU is hosting Marshall this Saturday at 4 p.m. at Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. The Marshall Thundering Herd open up as a three-point favorite, and the over-under sits at 43.5. East Carolina offensive coordinator Donnie Kirkpatrick talked Wednesday after practice about not letting the wide receivers' early drops create issues and is keeping their spirits high. That's another delicate thing in that, you know, you can't get like... God, you got to catch that ball. You got to catch that ball. You know, I, I remember I had a coach that used to tell me, you, you know, you got to you got to throw that where you catch it. And I thought, well, I knew that part of it. You know, what I'm saying, can you tell me maybe how to do that a little bit better? Uh, but uh, you, you don't want to tighten them up because we did. Uh, our best players dropped the balls, but then everybody except Justin Hardy, I think, did that. You know, what I'm saying, I don't know if Hardy ever dropped one. Pirate defensive coordinator Blake Carroll named some players that played a lot of defensive snaps the first time for the Pirates. He's excited to see their growth. You know, we had five guys that were taking taking snaps, uh, the most snaps they've ever took in a Pirate uniform. Our two corners, IBM, Tymir Brown, uh, Siobhan Revel, uh, Taylor Jackson, that's the most he's played defensively. Mike Edwards, that's the most he's played defensively. B.J. Davis is new out there. Ra Ra Dilworth. Uh, even Kingston McKinstry and Jordan Huff have been here. That's the most they play. Um, and I, I thought all those guys so promised that they're going to do good things for us this season, and we can count on them. The Panthers are just days away from their regular season opener. Carolina will visit the NFC South rival Atlanta Falcons on Sunday afternoon at Mercedes-Benz Stadium. The Panthers will look to open up with a win after splitting their two divisional games against Atlanta last season. The spread opens up at minus 3.5 in favor of the Falcons. 
Wide receiver DJ Chark and defensive end Deshaun Williams did not participate in Wednesday's practice. Elsewhere on the injury report, safety Sam Franklin Jr. and wide receivers Terrence Marshall Jr. and Adam Thielen practice in limited fashion. The Panthers have announced their team captains for the 2023 season. Rookie first-round pick Bryce Young was named a captain alongside other first-time Carolina captains Adam Thielen and Johnny Hecker. The team's returning captains are right tackle Taylor Moten, as well as linebackers Brian Burns and Shaq Thompson. Thompson leads the group as a four-time team captain. In breaking news, UNC wide receiver Tez Walker denied eligibility appeal by the NCAA. He is now out for the season due to a rule change on multiple transfers. And the talk of football continues as we have the first kickoff of the NFL season tonight at 8.20 p.m. in Kansas City. The Chiefs are hoping for star tight end Travis Kelsey to be ready to suit up. At the moment, it's a game-time decision. The spread has gone down with the uncertainty of Kelsey, but the Chiefs are still 4.5 favorites with the over-under sitting at 53.5. And that'll do it for your 94-3 The Game Sports Update. This sports update is brought to you by Team Boneyard, an NIL initiative directly supporting Pirate student-athletes. For info on how to join, please visit teamboneyard.org. More of the Patrick Johnson Show on the other side of this quick timeout right here on 94.3 The Game. Sometimes you just don't know if you want to kiss him or slap him. Ow! Either way, he'd probably like it. The Patrick Johnson Show on 94.3 The Game. Pirate Game Day countdown for Bush Light outside the Town Bank Tower on Saturday, 1 o'clock. And uh, he's a guest. So nice, we're going to have him twice this week. Rini Angolia. ESPN today. He's going to pop by our game day location as well before the uh, the big matchup. So, uh, Rini, hello to you. Thanks for doing this, and uh, looking forward to hosting you again in Greenville. Well, thanks for having me, PJ. You pay so well. I can never say no to you. you know. <laughs> I pay Rini with entertainment. That's how I pay yeah. Rini over the years, and we go we go way back. So uh, you know, it's kind of funny, you know, just thinking about it that we did, you know, some radio together in Orlando years ago, and now how many times our paths have crossed in Greenville. And so I had someone tweet me or X me, whatever the heck it's called today, uh, the other day, saying it, it's uh, ECU, it's East Carolina, it's not Eastern. And I actually tweeted the guy back and goes, I, I think I've probably done more ECU games than any other broadcaster in the nation, and that's not hyperbole. I think right. I have. Yeah. So I have a great relationship with you guys there, and I always enjoy uh, coming to Greenville. We uh, we gave you a little bit of a shout-out on the uh, radio show this week for Coach Houston in, inside Pirate Athletics. So he was he was fired up, and uh, you're going to be meeting with the coaches tomorrow uh, for both sides, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun, I know, uh, getting ready. For you, Rini, is the, is the getting ready and the preparation the best part? Because that's usually the best part for me in the – in the game. I mean, you enjoy doing games and, and broadcasts, but kind of the getting ready is the thing I enjoy the most. Yeah, I mean, I, I enjoy getting ready. For me, it's a game because when I'm in the booth right before kickoff and just preparing, and I think I've said this before, it's the closest thing that puts me back on the field as a player, right, uh, to be a part of it. So really, for me, it's a game. I enjoy getting ready. Listen, this is my job now. It's a full-time gig. Um so I get all week, I, I prep, and I do enjoy that. I, I relax, I have my coffee, my dogs are running around, I watch my game film, I take my notes. And then, you know, we have we have meetings all week, production meetings, and we'll try to catch up with some of the players. And like uh, uh, Malcolm Gray, the, the uh, SID at, at uh, ECU, we, we talked with him this week as well. But So I, I actually enjoy everything, but there's really nothing better than kickoff. 
Rini Angoli, uh, ESPNU. He'll be the analyst for East Carolina and Marshall. Before we get into the Pirates, because we talk about them all the time, I just want to get your uh, perspective of Marshall coming in. Yeah, I mean, a good program. You know, much like ECU, when, when Charles Huff got there, kind of changing the culture. He's in his third year and, you know, went to a bowl game last year. Uh, it's hard to tell from that Albany game last week. I mean, Albany's a, 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 a decent FCS program. I think uh, Mike Houston was right when he said they didn't show much in, in Marshall. Very vanilla in that game. Kind of almost cost them. I mean, but a win's a win at the end of the day. So it'll, it'll be interesting to see uh, what Marshall team shows up here in Greenville Saturday. Now, obviously, and it's cliche, but it's true. You know, you get those biggest jumps from week one to week two. Now, Rasheen Ali, their running back, he's everything yeah. you would want in a running back. And, and Pirates fans know that because he, he got you for about 203 touchdowns a couple of years ago. Um, so you've got to stop him first and foremost. They got a, a good tight end that, that transferred in from mm-hmm. Central Michigan, a mm-hmm. uh, good receiver from Florida, Chuck Montgomery. They had a nice – and Cam Fancher, their quarterback, is very solid. So they're a good program. This is a great test for ECU early and one that I think ECU needs to get, especially at home. Uh, with App State coming up, and then you, know, you get Gardner Webb, but then you get conference the rest of the conference play the rest of the way. So this is an important one for ECU, and oh by the way, it's important for Marshall as well. This is a really good Week Two matchup. Yeah, it is. Uh, we'll uh, of course have it beginning at one o'clock here on radio. Uh, Four o'clock will be the kick. Four o two, it'll be on uh, ESPNU nationally, so a national uh, audience will be uh, looking in. Uh, to uh, East Carolina and Marshall. Uh, you saw the Pirates play Michigan in week one. And, uh, again, I, I don't know what we can tell from that. Michigan was was just so crisp and so speedy and so f- physical. I do think the Pirates, in, in a lot of areas, did match Michigan's physicality. But uh, let, let's get your perspective on that, Rini, and just kind of your take on the Pirates after one week. Yeah, and see, and that's the issue you run into when you play the Michigans of the world, the Alabamas. They're so deep. They're so talented. They just come at you wave after wave. And, and, and it's, it's hard for a lot of programs to, to match that. I will say this. I, I did not believe that score was indicative of how well ECU played. I really don't. I had some calls go against them. Listen, that's the way it goes. You know, you get the, uh, you get the uh, targeting call overturned by, for Jack Power so he can play in this game starting in the first half, which is good. Um, and so that's going to happen. The real bright side is that offensive line, really, it's the first time they played together. Dustin Hall, uh, first start as a Pirate, comes from USF. I, I think he was, was actually – I'm going to talk to him today. He was actually at Duke for a little bit as well. Because mm-hmm. um, that center is a very important position. That's kind of the glue for the offensive line. That's that leader. For them not to give up a sack, I want to say – between Garcia and Flynn, 29 passes, and you don't give up a sack to the number two ranked team in the nation uh, with that defensive front, that's pretty damn good. So got to be really happy about that. I think Garcia and Flynn, as Mike Houston alluded to, both did some things well, both need to clean some things up. Uh, I think this is a game where we may see them both again, and you probably will because I think Mike uh, wants to really know who his quarterback is going into league play, right? So – We'll see, um, but they're both very capable. Um, but uh, I think if you're 
an ECU fan, you're very happy with that, uh, that offensive line. And then the defensive front for ECU, I think, is the strength, right? The defensive line, a lot of experience coming back. Um, so playing well. So they, they have the pieces. It's just, you know, the obvious, right? You lose Holton Aylers. He was there forever. You lose a bunch of, you know, Keaton Mitchell. You lose some receivers. So you lost a lot of productivity uh, from that team. But you have players that can step up. And in this game, you have to step up and, and keep going forward. ESPN college football analyst Rini Angolia. He'll be in Greenville Saturday for East Carolina and Marshall. He's with us here on the Patrick Johnson Show. What were your what, what did you see from Mason Garcia that you liked? Well, he's big and strong and athletic. He can make all the throws. I know he – so there was a couple where I noticed where he didn't really step into it. And sometimes – when you have a strong arm, you'll do that. Listen, when you try to do that against a fast secondary like a Michigan, they're, they're going to get to that football, right? Because there was a couple throws I thought he could have made. Is he could have just, you know, stepped into the throw. Now, easier said than done, right, when you have a defense barreling down on you. But there's no uh, – nothing better for a quarterback like Mason Garcia than, than, you know, being around those live bullets. A real game, you know, real game speed coming at you. So, again, I think – I think both Garcia and Flynn are going to make those adjustments from game one to game two and be a lot better. Um, and just being able to break it down, looking at yourself on film, getting the coaching, and then getting out there a week. But, I mean, uh, he's athletic. He can move. So, I think the big thing for Mason Garcia is settling down, taking that deep breath, and just kind of understanding uh, what the defense is trying to do. And when that happens to a quarterback – the game slows down for them, and that's when they start making the plays. When you're not quite sure what the defense is trying to do, everything seems fast, and you get hurried. And it seemed at times that happened against Michigan, which, again, I, I get it. I understand. Uh, a lot of quarterbacks go through that. And really the same for Flynn as well. Um, you know, both of these guys are just lacking meaningful snaps. And, well, guess what? They're getting them now. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you, of course, played the running back position. Uh, in both college and the NFL. Rajay Harris back from uh, an injury. And Rajay, I think, for this Pirate offense, at least early on, needs to be their home run hitter. I do, too. I, I agree with you. I think uh, they're going to lean on the run. I think Donnie Kirkpatrick will lean on the run with this offensive line, try to get it established with Rajay being your bell cow. But you still got Marlon Gunn there, right? And we know what he did last year. And then how about this Javius Bach? Um I know the coaches have been talking about him. He's kind of getting compared to Keaton Mitchell. We'll, we'll slow the roll on that a little bit. But <laughs> the kid can catch the ball. He can run the ball. He's dynamic out of the back. So I love the different uh, backs that ECU can throw at you, right? The Raji Harris, which is really that every down, you know, could carry the ball 25, 30 times if, if you want him to. But really the way – Offensive coordinators and teams, they're, they're not doing it anymore. Like I did Miami last week, mm -hmm. the Hurricanes, they have four running backs that are really good. Any one of them could start and be a 20, 25 carry back. They're not going to do that. They all got about nine carries apiece. They spread it out, kept them fresh. So I do think Raji Harris is going to get the lion's share of the carries, but to put it, be able to put in a bond and a gun, yeah. right, and change the pace is, is really good for the offense. And that's going to help. Garcia and Flynn out too with the screen game, short pass game. So, uh, yeah, I think they're going to really lean on that offensive line. I'd like to see Shane Calhoun get, get involved this week as well. Yeah, the uh, Pirate tight end. Uh, Rini Angolia, ECU, uh, and Marshall. He'll be on the call 
as the analyst with uh, ESPNU in town this weekend. Four o'clock uh, kick for the home opener for the Pirates from Dowdy Ficklin Stadium. Uh, we got a lot of things we could talk to you about, uh, but uh, we'll save some of it for uh, for the weekend. But uh, what do you think the game comes down to on Saturday? Yeah, I think we kind of touched on it. I think ECU has to establish the run, get that running game going, because that's a quarterback's best friend. Now, I, I didn't mention before, Marshall, you know, last year had one of the top defenses in the nation statistically, fifth against uh, fifth rush, rushing defense in the country, eighth total defense, keeping teams under 300 yards a game, sixth in scoring defense, only gave up 16 points a game. I say that because their defensive coordinator is gone. Lance Gidry actually left Marshall to go to Tulane. Then there was some movement, ended up going to Miami. He's with the Hurricanes and did a great job with that defense last week. So you got a first-year defensive coordinator at Marshall and Jason Seymour, who comes from Georgia Tech. So although they have some pieces, it's a different defense uh, than what than what they saw last year. And I think ECU can get the running game going. It's going to help them out tremendously. And again, it's going to take some pressure off Garcia and Flynn. You get that running game going, the Roger Harrison. We can get some play action pass going. We can get Calhoun going. You can get Josiah Hatfield going, and, and some of the some of the other receivers. So get that running game going. I know it's simplistic, uh, and, and but. At, at, at its core, that's what you got to do with football. You got to win up front with your offense and defensive lines first and foremost, and then you can go on and, and do kind of whatever you want. You can kind of dictate what you do if you can win at the line of scrimmage. And this is a game I think if you're an ECU fan, you watch up front and see on both sides of football if ECU can win at the line of scrimmage. If they do, they'll win this game. Hey, Rainey, always uh, great to catch up with you. Look forward to seeing you in person again and uh, safe travels to uh, Greenville and Pirate Nation. You got it. See you Saturday, PJ. Thank you. Absolutely. Thank you, Rini. Uh Good stuff there with uh, Rini and Golia from uh, ESPN. All right. Well, that's going to do it for us here today. Uh, thanks to Zoke. Thanks to Rini. And uh, thanks to Dom Kosolke in the uh, studio. Dom, when you guys are going to be home uh, stuffing yourself with uh, birthday leftover birthday cake, are you going to watch... Uh, you know, watch the game tonight, uh, the uh, the the NFL game. Oh, you 100% know it. You know, I have like five fantasy teams with definitely no money on it, but um, lots of fantasy pride. football. You have pride. You have pride. Five fantasy teams? Wow. It's just fun to do some drafts. It seems like a lot. It's who do you have in the game tonight on your on one of your or any of your teams? got David Montgomery in the flex tonight. I have a couple injuries. So okay. David Montgomery uh, cheering for him tonight. Okay. All right. There you go. Well, that keeps you engaged at least, right? All right. Uh, so we will be back uh, tomorrow with uh, the Patrick Johnson show. Uh, 10 o'clock. We'll be on video. So check us out there on X, YouTube, and Facebook. Um, and we will be on radio at 6 o'clock tomorrow because Steve Logan will be occupying the space at 5 and uh, looking forward to that. So that's all coming up uh, tomorrow. I'll be back in the morning on Talk of the Town. Uh, Aiden Collard Festival 7 to 9, 1037 96.3. Hey, uh, have a great rest of your evening. Stay cool and we'll see you tomorrow morning and tomorrow afternoon for the Patrick Johnson Show.